Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Sit back, relax, cook some tater tots, and listen to what is coming out of the YouTube box or your cast of pods. Here is some wisdom for you, and I hope you find it to be true. I want to tell you today about being open to unexpected opportunities, unexpected sources of love and wisdom. Without further ado, let's get into it. Life often presents us knowledge in ways that we're not anticipating, and that's why it's necessary to be open to opportunities, things that don't look like you expect them to. So I want to tell you a few stories from my little my little storybook here. Last night, I was in a bar, and I was about to leave, and I noticed this lovely young lady sitting and talking to her friends and I don't know why I just uh, I like the look of her I like like the way she expresses herself and she's very animated and extroverted a beautiful woman and I thought well why not before I go uh, I'll just go over and say hi and, and tell her that I think she's cool and I had nothing to lose from doing this because my only objective is to go over and give her a compliment that's that's all it is. So if if she accepts it or rejects it, it doesn't really matter to me. So I go up and I say, "Hi, what's what's your name?" And she she uh, responds and she she asks me her name, but in a rather terse way. And one of her friends, uh, her male friends, said, "Kurt, don't do it, don't do it, Kurt." And I was like. Okay, so I got these two pieces of information, like she's responded in a slightly angry way, like I've disturbed her somehow and the friend's telling me to go away or to, to, to back off. So I thought, okay, I'll put these pieces together and I'll just let it go. So, uh, you know, no, no sweat off my back. I thought later, that's kind of funny. That's kind of unfortunate because all I wanted to do was do something nice for somebody and I thought this kind of, I had this kind of burning pity inside of me. And I, I wondered, when I went to Latin America, I remember the first time uh, when I was in Colombia, I remember I would meet lovely young ladies on the street and, and I'd say, oh, well, come with me, let's go get coffee or whatever it was. And inevitably in the conversation, they would ask, so do, do you have a girlfriend? And I thought, how funny... Like, uh, it, for me, the context is clear. Like, uh, I've, I've stopped you on the street, told you you're lovely and uh, tell you that, that I want to meet you and sit down and have a conversation with you. I thought that would be clear enough to suggest my intent that, yes, I am single and, yes, I'm looking to, to meet a, a lovely young lady to potentially pursue a romantic involvement uh, but apparently it's not not clear enough and this is kind of the at the time it was very confusing for me but now I guess it makes a lot more sense because the thing is in this this element of the the Latin or Colombian or Medajo mindset is that you can just meet someone just to meet them you can just compliment someone 
just to compliment them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that's something deep and profound or you're going to be friends or lovers or anything. It can just be what it is, just something lovely, just a little special moment. And even I found that years later, I remember I was in Mexico and I, I went to stop to talk to a lovely young lady on the street and she just she says she, she made it very clear that she was waiting for her boyfriend but she also made it very clear that she's perfectly comfortable talking to me in that moment just to have a conversation just to share a few lovely moments together and that sometimes i find that's something that's that's missing here especially in australia people are just people get up the guards when they talk to strangers but why why you can be open you can relax and talk, talk to somebody it doesn't necessarily mean that they want something for you or anything they might just want to be nice uh and of course you can exercise that by just being nice to people and that's a that's a lovely thing to do you know this is old joke and a lot of you probably heard this one before so there's a man in his house and suddenly there's a, there's this flash flood and he says, oh no, well, I know what to do. He gets up on the roof and he sits and patiently waits and, and starts to pray. And he says, great spirit, I know you'll help me out of this jam. So all I have to do is, is wait. So a boat arrives and the captain says, oh, hey, my friend, jump on board. I'll help you out. You know, we could, there's uh, dry land near enough here uh, and we'll get you out of here. And he says, oh, no, that's no problem. I mean, the great spirit will help me. Uh, I don't need to, to be in your boat. And the captain says, all right, well, this guy's uh, new age hippie. I, I got no, no time for this kind of nuts. Uh, we got to get out of here. So he leaves. Few minutes later, helicopter comes along. The pilot says, "Well, jump in. We've got room for one more. We'll come on. We'll take you. There's a there's a hospital near here. It's a, the uh, evacuation point for people in this region." And the guy says, "Oh no, you know the universe will help me. I don't need a helicopter or anything like that." And the pilot says, "Okay, we got a religious nut here. We got a fanatic. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time." So he he takes off. A few minutes later, there's a huge surge and the man gets knocked off the top of his house and it's underwater, drowning, gasping for air, his hands flailing everywhere. A few minutes later, he's at the pearly gates. He meets his creator and the, the creator says, welcome, welcome, welcome here to the kingdom of heaven. And the fellow says, my friend, uh, what happened? Like I was expecting you to to help me why did you let me drown and and of course the the great spirit says help well I what i send boats i send helicopters what what more do you want the point of this story is you have to take help in the manner that it comes to you it's not always in the manner that you expect it and often it's 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 not <laughs> it's not in that kind of form I notice that sometimes people say, I hate money. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about this. And you can listen to people's habits and listen to the words that people say. And from that, you can get an idea of their destiny. Not their ultimate fixed destiny, but basically you can get an idea of the path they're on. Because when someone says that they hate money, that means you know, generally, that they're not going to learn about money. They're not going to exercise their inquisitive mind, their God-given 
curiosity and find out what's really going on, they're going to shut themselves off from that avenue. They also say things like, people who have money are always stingy. And personally, I've never found that in my experience. And I have met quite a few rich people, some people who seem to be millionaires and young and old people, heirs and and people who've made money through entrepreneurship and real estate deals and all this kind of thing. I've never met any rich person who is actually more stingy than the average. So I don't know where that conception comes from. But the other thing is, you think you know when someone is rich? No, you generally you don't. Because rich people, if I mean, if you live in a developed nation, rich people look just like everybody else. I mean, there, there are those outliers, uh, those strange cases where they're very opulent, where they like to spend extravagantly. But normally, people don't do that. So, uh, obviously, everybody knows, uh, like this wisdom from the from the Tao Te Ching, that if you have a, a lot of goods, it's going to attract thieves. So uh, people generally don't show off their wealth that much. People, mil- millionaires, even will drive like regular Priuses or whatever of like very modest cars and th- this sort of thing. Uh, they don't necessarily go all around flashing their wealth. So if if you think you have a conception of what a rich person is based on some guy that you met that he wouldn't pick up the bill and and drives a Bentley or something like that, you probably don't know. Uh, (laughs) So be aware and be wary of your own prejudices against people. The thing is, people say, I hate money. And you notice, well, I've noticed, it's, it's not always true, but a lot of the time, those are the people who complain about not having money. And these, these things, you know, they're kind, of, they're kind of contradictory, but they kind of go together as well. Of course, if you hate money, you're not going to understand it, and you're not going to end up having a lot of it. That's how, that's how it works out. You're going to end up distancing yourself from money because you say, well, I don't want to be one of those rich, evil people or those stingy, rich people. So you're not going to put in the effort to try to become that of course of course you're not because you're not going to want to become something that you hate i mean who really wants to do that so you have to be careful with with your beliefs your beliefs are going to guide you your your habits are your destiny and your beliefs are going to guide your habits so be careful a few months ago there's a youtube channel that i follow great youtube channel i recommend you check it out it's, it's about psychedelics it's called psyched substance and then uh the fellow has another channel i think it's called swim where he goes into crazy philosophical ideas great channel i, I recommend it and he was in some financial trouble so uh, a little while ago he had his first child and they're, they're struggling a bit. Is trying to make these videos like one or, two, one or two a week. And he can't always manage to do it. So he put out the, the call saying, please like, help me on Patreon. But you notice in the video, he says, I hate money. And I wish that we wouldn't be in a world where money was necessary. And obviously, it's, the, it's this case. Like, yeah, you hate money and you're, you don't manage to get money. I remember I wrote a comment. I'm not trying to like blame Adam or something like that. It's just a key example. I'm just trying to say I went on his Patreon and I, I signed up to, to give him some money every month. And I said, listen, man, you know, 
like you've got these thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers all around the world. If you walked into the house and said, please, can you g- give me a place to stay or whatever it was? Can you, f- can you feed me or whatever? Can you give me a hug even? These people will be more than happy to help you out in that way, but they can't always give you a hug. So sometimes they can give you $5 a month instead. The point is you can be open to receiving love in different ways. Again, ways that you don't always expect. So just because love doesn't come in the the exact way you want it, doesn't mean you need to reject it. Be open to new forms. Be open to different media of receiving love. Years ago, many, many years ago now, once upon a time, I had a lot of problems meeting women. And my buddy Luke was kind enough to say, hey, I know you're having trouble. Have a look at this material. And he sent me this ebook, David D'Angelo, Double Your Dating. That, that was an, an interesting book at the time. And it set me on a path to, to self-improvement and analyzing my own behavior and look at, looking at different ways of communicating that I could introduce into my own life, into, into my way of being and re- redevelop, recreate myself. I remember around that time, uh, a couple of my friends, male friends, had said to me that they were having trouble in that area as well. And I said, well, you know, I've got, these, I've got some resources. I could link you. I could you know, show you some different things and techniques, and we can talk about this. And some of them were like, yeah, conversation ends there. Or some of them are like, that sounds creepy. Now, imagine the scenario where you're in, where you have this problem with your life. You're unable to find love in the way that you believe you need it. But at the same time, you believe that the steps that you need to take to increase that love are creepy uh, or they're messed up. Or you believe that self-development, self-improvement is somehow emasculating. So the steps you need to take to achieve what you want to do are disgusting to you. That puts you in a very awkward position. So you need to be careful with your beliefs about self-improvement. It's a stigma that a, a lot of people have in their minds. But you can overcome it like <laughs> just because you see someone reading to win friends and influence people doesn't mean they're a bad person or a creep or a weirdo. Uh, that's just not true. That's actually the people you see who are reading self-development books, who are focused on learning new ways to communicate. If they're not already cool people, they they probably will be in a few years. So th- those are people that you want to hang out with and, and try to learn from them when you can. So the point is, be open to bizarre wisdom. So, wisdom comes in the ways that you don't expect it. The wisdom of a master, of a teacher, looks bizarre to a neophyte. And this is almost always the case. And it's, it's like, it's almost axiomatic. It's, it's like a truism. Because if you want something that's going to take you to an, another level, like 10x your results or something like that, it's going to look weird to you. It's going to be counterintuitive because 
you've never done something like that before, and maybe you've never even seen someone do something like that before. So when someone tells you to do something that that appears bizarre to you, it doesn't necessarily mean they're nuts. It can. But from your perspective, you don't have the wisdom to tell the difference between when something bizarre is really clever or really stupid. So you have to ask people, do research, and of course, experiment in your own life in order to find out what holds up, in order to separate the shit from Shinola, as they say. <laughs> Be open to bizarre wisdom. That's the point. Because you have to work your way through it. Now, there's a famous experiment. Well, not so famous. There's an experiment based on luck where they said, okay, we're going to see which people say that they're lucky and they actually are lucky or they're actually open to new opportunities and that causes them to believe themselves lucky. The testers give the subjects a newspaper and they say, if you find this certain word, and the, the word is, say, bananas, if you find the word bananas in this newspaper, we're going to give you $10. And the guy is like, great. For the lucky ones... There's actually a little blurb or a little classified in the newspaper and it says, if you see this ad, tell the experimenter and we're going to give you $100. What they found was, as a general trend, the people who considered themselves lucky were better at seeing that other opportunity than the people who considered themselves unlucky. So, we normally think of luck as serendipity, like just... So just things happening out of coincidence or synchronicity, like someone is somehow blessed. This experiment indicates that the truth is closer to lucky people actually being aware of their surroundings and being aware of opportunities that present themselves in ways that they don't expect. Again, these things come in ways that you don't expect. So it's easy for me to say, be open to new opportunities. Well, that's something difficult to do. Like, how do you practically do that? One thing you can do is mindfulness meditation because you're going to be more aware of your surroundings. So you're going to notice things that other people don't. So for example, there's an interesting book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle about mindfulness meditation on a related note but a different different tangent is the book Readem and Reap it's written by an ex FBI agent I believe and he talks about how you can observe your surroundings and use your observations to create hypotheses to figure out what's actually going on around you and try to develop your skills of of observation and deduction so that's it's the book is about poker players or about playing poker specifically it's written written by this ex-fbi agent and and a famous card player but it applies to general life as well so that's a good book you can have a look at the other thing is this magical question you might remember the scene from Revolver where Ray Liotta says to Jason Statham, there's one important question, one golden question that will make someone rich. And the question is, what's in it for me? Which is a kind of adversarial way.
way of phrasing it. I think the better way to phrase it is how can I turn this to my benefit or how can I turn this to the benefit of myself and those around me? So (laughs) that's a great question to ask, especially if you have some kind of crisis, like even, for example, last night when, uh, when that young lady was slightly rude to me or, or just put up the, the defenses and uh, made it more or less apparent that she, she didn't want to talk to me. I looked at that. I had, I had a strange emotional reaction to that. And I thought about it. And that became the dust or the speck of sand that irritated the oyster into making this pearl, this pearl of, of wisdom that I'm presenting to you right now. So, <laughs> it is possible when things look bad. Actually, that's sometimes that's when you find your best opportunity. So remember that the beautiful question: How can I turn this this bad, what apparently looks like a bad situation, to the, my benefit and the benefit of those around me? It's an important question. A question that will probably last you a lifetime. So, what are the what's the summary here? Be open to unexpected help or unexpected sources of love, mediums of expression of love, love that comes in ways you don't expect it. <laughs> Be open to bizarre or counterintuitive wisdom because that's how wisdom will normally come because you're not prepared. You don't already know that level of wisdom, so of course it's going to appear bizarre to you. Be open to unexpected opportunities. Always ask how you can turn things to your benefit. So that, <laughs> those are my ideas for today. I hope that's useful. I hope you're having a great new year and I wish you health, success, prosperity, and a beautiful 2018. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. 